Welcome to the Modern Insurgents Patreon-only podcast, Atlas Analysis. Here, we talk to our writers in an informal setting and explore some of the more niche and obscure groups from our very own database, which you can find at themoderninsurgent.org. Sit back and enjoy our more relaxed, casual conversations with our team. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Analysis. Today, we are joined by Ethan Rooney. And we're going to be discussing the Revolutionary People's Liberation Party Front, or otherwise known by their hilariously long abbreviation, the DHKPC. Because as all these groups in the region do, you need a really long abbreviation. Yeah. So would you like to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Ethan, so I'm... Uh, I'm kind of new to uh, journalism. Um, I write for the Modern Insurgents and a few other like kind of little um, little websites and stuff. And I'm currently working on a six-part audio documentary podcast that should be out in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, if you want to give it a follow on Instagram, it's called Scum Element. Let's kick off with what type of group is the DHKPC? Um, so the DHKPC are like a Marxist-Leninist terrorist organization uh, based in Turkey. Um, they're predominantly based around kind of urban areas in Turkey, like so in Ankara, Istanbul in particular. Um, in like they've been like active in some capacities since about 1978, but it's been like on and off they'd have like a few years of being very active and then they'd kind of go quiet for a few years generally how it's worked is they'd be really active and then there'd be a big crackdown all the leaders would get arrested and then you wouldn't really hear much about them and then they'd come back but um see at the moment they're probably like i'd say a lot weaker than they've been since their foundation so they're not massively active at the moment um, but they still do have a strong base in Istanbul and still do carry out attacks and ha- have had some uh, quite like notable attacks in the last couple of years and they're recognised as a terrorist organisation by like Turkey, the US, the EU etc. So w- when they kind of come back in waves is that leaders being released from prison or is that new generations kind of being blooded in? Um, so that it, it wouldn't really be new generations. It's more so, yeah, like leaders being released or often there'd be like, if there's like a split in the organization. So like one of the big, um, like, like every kind of leftist organization, DHKPC came from split, like a group that split from another group before then there's another group. It's like, um, the famous Irish writer, Brendan Behan, who used to be in the IRA had a great quote where he said, um, like when a leftist meeting meets the first thing on the agenda is always the split and the same <laughs> in Ireland as it is in Turkey so yeah they often like it's been a lot of splits that have kind of given them a resurgence but often they've had the same kind of people at the top like the most kind of notorious leader was Jurasun Jurasun Kar- Karatash I might be pronouncing that wrong but um Jurasun Karatash who basically was kind of at the helm for the majority of the DHKPC's um, like kind of uh, time as an active group until he died in 2008. But 
Yeah, so he would have been involved in founding the group in 1978. And then with the military coup in 1980, uh, there was a big crackdown on the DHKPC. And a lot of people, including him, got arrested. So then from like 1980 to 1984, they weren't very active because they were all in jail. And then there was a jailbreak in the mid 80s where like Jurison and a few high profile people escaped. And then from next year, the group was active again. And then there'd be like a police crackdown and people again would be arrested. And then yeah, like new people would come through, but generally they seem to have the same sort of figures at the top, but it would be more so while they're keeping a low profile during the crackdowns, like a lot of them would flee to Germany or the Netherlands. Um, they, they really utilize like the, the diaspora, the Turkish diaspora across Europe. So a lot of them, um, like a lot of the leaders like now even live in Belgium and the Netherlands. So often while people are like laying low, you don't hear a lot about the group, but it has seemed to be a group that does kind of has, how do you describe it? Like kind of older leaders who generally, mm. there's a hierarchy in that regard. Um, it, yeah. And are they your typical bog standard Marxists or is there anything in their ideology that kind of makes them stick out? Um, well, some well, they're very, they'd be quite authoritarian Marxists in terms of they're very pro-Assad. Um, on the outbreak of like the Syrian war, they would have ramped up attacks against the Turkish state on the basis of Turkey should be um, supporting Assad. They're hugely anti, like anti-NATO, anti-US. That's kind of a line since the 90, since the 90s, they've kind of, pushed more towards like anti-NATO as opposed to just fighting the Turkish state. But um, something that I personally think really makes them stand out is that a lot of their attacks are just kind of a bit bizarre. Um, and just the way they go about things like um like they're very they're not incognito. I feel like when they uh when they launch an attack, it all it always sounds like something from like a movie. Do you know what I mean? Um they've had times where like they've gone to a really high profile uh, Turkish courthouse just openly with guns and just started shooting at the courthouse mm. there's been a lot of their attacks they do um they'd wear like disguises like so it's like real like stuff you'd hear from like a movie where there was one in I don't know the exact year it was during the Gulf War but they went into the office of a guy called John Gandhi an American businessman and there was two DHKPC members went in dressed up as uh turkish policemen and they went in they're like uh, your life is under threat like we need to talk to um we need to talk to you in your office and all that so he's like yeah of course brought him into the office and when he was in the office they shot him and they wrote a message on the wall in blood um like warning um the like u.s like interest like just a threatening u.s interest in turkey basically but it just they have a lot of stuff like that you're just like it's just a bit mad, do you know what I mean? It's not like incognito. It's not like just like, getting. To I'm not going to condone it. terrorism, but I love a good disguise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, I get like, like proper sneaky shit. I like it. Like exactly, yeah. Like when I ever read about them, I'm like, this is literally like something you'd see in a movie. Like it's it's bizarre. Thanks for listening to this preview. If you want to listen to the full episode, along with many other exclusive ones, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash modern insurgent. 
You'll find the rest of our Atlas Analysis episodes on there exclusively. Thank you.